Right. There we go. No. It just had a moment. Okay. Yeah. Turn it off and on again. It was fine. We'll save it this time, mate. What? Who said that? What? I'm going to save it this time, okay? Mm. Don't fucking judge me. Mm. Hello and welcome all in to the M.O. podcast. As always, you with me, Consumatious Ant. And me, Atreya. And today we are going to be talking about one of the greatest heists in Canadian history. Enlighten me. Yeah. Now, this has nothing to do with the fact that I have just spent, like last week, I spent far, over £5 on maple syrup. Like, it is fucking ridiculously expensive. Is this a heist about robbing maple syrup? Yes, and it is the... Oh, okay. It is the greatest, the greatest monetary value heist in Canadian history. It cost... Maple syrup? Yeah. It cost 19 million Canadian dollars. The whole case or the amount of maple syrup? The amount of maple. That's a lot of maple. The amount of maple syrup was stolen. There was 3,000 tons of Canadian gold that was stolen. Why would anybody. uh, If, like, if somebody had said to me during COVID, like, do you want to take part in a heist? We're looking for things that people really, really need that we can sell for exorbitant amounts of money i'd be like right we're going on a toilet roll heist maybe how badly do maple syrup so how badly do people need maple syrup so now this is the thing so with all with all heist films or heists there has to be a bad guy now in this instance it's the federation of quebec maple syrup producers Now, this is called FPAC for short, and this is a government-sanctioned private organisation that regulates the production and marketing of maple syrup in Quebec. I didn't realise maple syrup was this big in Canada, that it required this amount of... It's this big. ...government protection. So, this isn't a government body, it's a government-sanctioned body. This is just people that have got together and gone, we need to be regulated. And they've gone, yeah. Apparently, it's maple syrup farmers who are part of this. But it's not really. (laughs) Why would you need to regulate maple syrup? It's just fucking maple syrup. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. This, This is just bizarre. From top to bottom, this. Regulate the production of dollar bills and pound and, and five pound notes by all means, but regulated maple syrup. I mean, it's not. It's nice. I can take it or leave it. I'm certainly not sure as shit putting it on bacon. Yeah. Because that's skanky. Yeah, it's it's weird. So, 
1966, the FPAC was created by a collective of syrup farmers to protect their rights to sell and produce in Canada and worldwide. Now, because Quebec produces 71% of maple syrup for the worldwide consumption, the fact that maple syrup is dependent on specific weather conditions the FPAC quickly turned into a cartel that was led by a few people who started controlling market prices and regulating how syrup farmers went about their business. Yeah. I would say Canada needs to get a hobby, but I feel like this is it. <laughs> this, this is it. I mean, this, this is their hobby. This is their biggest heist that ever happened. So, do you, do you know what I mean? That's how much they've got going on up there. If it's not Ryan Reynolds or hockey, it's it's maple syrup. Maple there. syrup. Yeah. <laughs> now, fair. if you want to produce maple syrup in Quebec, you have to be signed up to the FPAC. Now, this is regardless of the size of your operations, the amount of yields you're getting, or even if you have, if you know a friend of a friend who's willing to pay over market rates for it. You have to be signed up. If you've got maple syrup, a maple tree, on your property and you tap it, the FPAC will be round asking questions. Now, the FPAC take a cut of all sales of the syrup. They pay the farmers in instalments for their produce, which in turn can lead to years in delays in receiving the full payment. So you hand over all your maple syrup to them, and they'll go. We'll get back to you in a few months. But you have—that's well, bad crack. You have to be signed up to this, this, this cartel to be able to do it. Now, not only that, but this authority, the FPAC, has the ability to force rule breakers to hire armed guards and have them stationed on their farms to make sure they follow all the rules. I mean, does Canada have quite a high crime rate, apart from the maple syrup cartel? Because so, I feel like these people could be better used elsewhere. So, but yeah. there's real crime being committed. They do. They like In Montreal, there is the Sixth Mafia family. So, outside of the five families in New York, the sixth one is in Montreal. Uh, and they also had the Quebec Biker War, in where the Hells Angels tried to take over all the local bikers, which resulted in quite a few deaths. But they want to. It's scary when you see them coming up next to you on the motorway. Yeah. <laughs> you're driving along, you're like. You hear a motorbike, you like bloody <laughs> arseholes. Look at him trying to. Oh, oh. So it's Hell's Angels. There's, there's a few like, of them. There's, there's one of them Hell's Angels. There's quite a few of them there. Like, and you just, you just like, you're right. Uh-huh. Oh, you, by all means, if you want to cut in, you cut in. I'll just stay. Right. In fact, I'll just stop in the middle of the, in the middle of the motorway. Yes, in the middle of the motorway. <laughs> get past. <laughs> so. One of the first to fall foul of the FPAC was Angeli Grenier. Now, in 2002, Grenier had operated her farm for several decades, but she was fed up with the draconian rules of the organisation. So she started to sell her maple syrup direct to a buyer in New Brunswick, which is the Canadian state next to Quebec. 
Now, New Brunswick doesn't have... It's a free market in New Brunswick. There's no cartel trying to run it. So if you get your stuff over the border, you can sell as you please. But this was against the rules of the FPAC. So she had to keep it low-key. Now, she would load her the syrup barrels at night and make sure they went over the border at dawn not to be caught it's like some prohibition shit this this is like maple syrup yeah yeah exactly you you you, you want to see people guarding the the trucks with tommy guns and and going see see here (laughs) is it just me that thinks this is fucking mental (laughs) it is a little bit overkill now you reckon yeah Grenier got away with this for 12 years. Now. That's a long time. Exactly. But this was more due to the fact that, like most cartels and mafias, the FPAC was so confident that no one would go against their word because they were basically extortion, running protection rackets and extortion, uh, these farmers that they believed in their own hype that no one would go against them. And this is why what we'll go on to talk about was so successful, because they didn't learn, which is a good thing and a bad thing. But Grenier was found out in 2012 when the police and FPAC security staff visited her farm, told her to stop breaking the rules. Now, Grenier was... She is a very steely woman and she told them to pretty much go forth and multiply. And she continued to sell her product without using the FPAC. But 2013, they took her to court and surprisingly enough, the court settled on the side of the cartel and ordered Grenier to hand over any and all of a maple syrup. Bearing in mind, this is her own property, like... Whether you believe people can own trees or land or whatever, she has bought this place. She is doing all the work here. And these people have just come in and gone, give me all the stuff that you have here. They also... This is like protection scams, isn't it? Exactly. They also find her half a million Canadian dollars for their, her trouble. Wow. By 2014, a court had ruled that FPAC inspectors could turn up at her property and inspect any and all of her products at any time of the day or night. So, now, I kind of get that things should be regulated. I mean, like you said, maybe... Like, Maple syrup? Yeah, exactly. Stuff should be Drugs regulated. Drugs need to be regulated. Paracetamols. Yeah. But, you know, cigarettes, that kind of stuff. Yeah, she's not, Maple going, syrup. She's not going out trying to sell red diesel as maple syrup. Do you know what I mean? No. She, she's not selling, like, piss water as maple syrup. She's selling maple syrup. You know, if she'd say... Say if she'd used the maple syrup from her property and made it into... A different product like a maple syrup chocolate bar or cereal or something like that would that still be under the regulations yes because it's got maple syrup in it yeah oh. anything maple syrup centric 
they they absolutely deal with. And the worst thing about it is this is that the government backs the FPAC one hundred percent, even though they're not part of the government. This is just a collection of people who have got together. The government back them up, and they send yeah, of course they do police because people in, in power are always corrupt. Exactly, exactly. Now in two thousand, probably funding the sons of Sam as well. Maybe this is where I'll start. In January 2016, Grenier took her case to the Canadian Supreme Court. But, amazingly enough, she was refused a hearing. By October 2017, Grenier had to sell her sugar bush to pay legal costs. Now, a sugar bush... Yeah, no, a sugar bush is, <laughs> is what they call... <laughs> what they call what they a syrup call farm. ladies of the night. Yeah, yeah, not her actual. Do you want to buy some sugar, sugar bush, bush. honey? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she had to sell all the production that she'd been working years and years to build up for to pay her legal costs and give a settlement to the FPAC. Now, the actual reason why this heist went ahead was because. The FPAC keeps a global strategic maple syrup reserve. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the seed banks in Antarctica. Yeah. When the world ends, we've got more maple syrup than we know what to do with. Exactly. We can use it to glue houses together. So, they, in essence, they keep maple syrup in reserve. So, because maple syrup is dependent on the weather... If you've got a bad winter, then you may not be able to to tap the trees and get as much maple syrup back. So, to manipulate the prices of maple syrup, they keep this this reserve in reserve, basically. So, if they have a bad winter, they've still got stuff to sell, but they can always have some for the future bad winters that come out. Does maple syrup ever go off? No. Huh. So it's 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 got a life on it because of the way it's produced. It's basically just sugar, isn't it, really? So it's just boiled sugar. So if it does have a life, it's a very, very long life. And then they, they probably regulate it in first in, first out kind of thing. But they actually manipulate the market so much that maple syrup sells for... Twelve hundred dollars a barrel. Uh, yeah. I mean. So can you see why I was pissed off? I paid five quid for a tiny little fucking bottle of it. I mean. I guess the pancake house is laughing. Exactly. I hop. Fucking raking it in. Yeah. To put yeah. to to put that into perspective. As of last week, crude oil was selling for seventy-eight dollars a barrel, <laughs> and this is twelve hundred. Yeah, so right, okay. So that okay. is, yeah, mental is what it is. It's mental. Yes. So, and how badly do people need? Like, how badly do you want maple syrup? Like, if you went to a pancake house, right, or a waffle house, because that's the only thing I can think of that you would need maple syrup on. Um, fuck your bacon, America. Just leave it. Um, it's ketchup or nothing. Um, 
if, if the pancake house said to you, sorry, we've got no maple syrup, what else do you want in your pancakes? Be like chocolate sauce, toffee sauce, uh, cream, honey, raspberry sauce, exactly. blueberries, ice cream. Exactly. You'd be just like, oh, well, that's crap. But okay. You wouldn't like be like, that's it, I'm walking out. Well, I guess some people might. I mean, they would, but I mean, they're not going to lose that much business over it. It's not they? the end of the world. Yeah. No. But apparently the FPAC has made it so it will be the end of the world if people don't get the maple syrup. And this is what a mafia, a cartel, does. They manipulate the stock market, they manipulate the prices, they manipulate the public into thinking this product is better than it can be. Up until, like, ten years ago, I didn't know maple syrup existed. And up until a few weeks ago, I didn't know how you made maple syrup. And no, you just I still don't know. You literally just put a tap into a tree and then turn the tap and it drips out. It's it's sap from a tree is what it is. Hmm. So this overflow that they have is kept in three warehouses in Quebec. Now in the wisdom of the FPAC None of these warehouses had cameras, there was no security, and they were only inspected yearly when the organisation did their audit. And to do the audit, the inspectors regularly climbed on the barrels as they were stacked to the roof. In July 2012, Inspector Michael Gar... Oh, fucking hell, how do I say that? Okay. In 2012, Inspector Michel... Daruver started climbing up barrels <laughs> to get. Did you turn into Scooby Doo? <laughs> yeah. In July 2012, Inspector Michelle started climbing up the barrels to get a better view and an accurate count. But the barrels that he stood on were empty rather than containing 270 kilos of maple syrup. And he fell on his bottom. Now, <laughs> what had gone on? So, the guys, the players who were in this heist were... There was 17 people were arrested, but there was only really four people charged. Now, Richard Vallier had seen his father, Raymond, and his maple syrup business suffer under the tight FPAC restrictions and the terrible payment structure that they had. Now, Richard was a barrel roller. Now, what a barrel roller is, is basically someone that sells off excess uh, maple syrup. Because the FPAC have certain quotas that each farm has to hit through the year, and that's based on the amount of trees they have, based on the amount of people they have working, da 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 da. Anything once they've hit once the farmers have hit that quota, they're free they're not free, but under the FPAC's jurisdiction, they should hand over anything more than that quota to the FPAC. But obviously, they can just go over the border and sell it freely as they want. So Richard was a barrel roller who was selling excess uh, maple syrup production. Now he did this from his father, he did this from a few farms in and around the area that he lived. And he was known to the FPAC to do this. He'd been fined before by the FPAC and 
they kind of knew what he was about. Now, the second person was Avec Caron. He owned warehouses in Quebec, and in 2010, the FPAC came to him and asked to, you, asked to rent one of his warehouses to source some of the overflow. He didn't have any connection with the syrup business before this point, but he did have a conviction for car fraud. So this was kind of one of the, this was one of the things that was pointed out like, oh, he's a fraudster, so he must be bad. This is kind of the spin that the FPAC were putting on it at the trial. Okay. But when he saw how much the FPAC was storing in his warehouse and how much a barrel was going for, he started to kind of weigh up the dollar value of it. I mean, it's only Canadian dollars, but still, it's still money to be made there. Now, the third person was Sebastian Jutrez. He is a truck driver and he just delivered whatever he was contracted to deliver. Now, he was the linchpin between Valliers and Caron because he'd worked with both of them in the past. Being a truck driver, he'd worked with uh, Valliers as a barrel roller, shipping his illegal maple syrup over the border, and Caron being a warehouse owner, he always had stock that needed moving here and there. Now, the fourth person in the gang, let's say, was Etienne Saint-Pierre. Now, he was a maple syrup exporter who was set up in New Brunswick, which borders Quebec in Canada and Maine in the USA. Now, he bought surplus off Valier and Grenier in the past, and due to the fact that he was in a different state and that was a free market, he was technically exempt from FPAC. He didn't need to comply to any of their laws. So if someone came to him and said, I've got some maple syrup, he'd go, fine. I don't need to go to anyone. I can just send it here, there, and everywhere and earn the money from it. Now, unfortunately, that didn't kind of work out for him because the FPAC tried to say, if you're working with barrel rollers and syrup's coming out of Quebec, it's ours. So you need to pay the price for it. But didn't work like that. So in June of 2011, Caron, Valliers and Jutrez met and came up with this money-making scheme. They would enter the warehouse, take the barrels that that had FPAC stickers and markings on them, take them away, transfer the syrup to nondescript barrels, fill the FPAC barrels back up with water and then return them and then sell the syrup over the border to Saint-Pierre in New Brunswick where it was exported to the US, Germany, and Japan, of all places. Which, I didn't know had a big penchant for, but apparently it's bigger... Apparently they do. Bigger than we thought. Uh, So, this plan seems simple on the face of it, but heavy machinery was needed. Now, the group hired forklifts equipped with barrel clamps, a place to transfer syrup incognito, and trucks and drivers to transport the cargo. Now to do this, the crew equipped themselves with burner phones and false names when hiring the equipment, because obviously they didn't want anything to come back to them. Now this operation lasted over a year, but as with all 
good things, they come to an end, and the gang got sloppy. Now, rather than fill the empty barrels up with water, they just return them empty back to the warehouse. And when the FPAC investigator, Michelle, stood on one, obviously it didn't support his weight and he fell on his bum. So, up until this point, none of the people who bought those barrels of maple syrup went, this is really watery. They don't make it like they used to. The trees must be changing. No, 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 no. Because this, this, so this in the warehouse is just for the reserve. Just the reserve, right? Yeah, so at this point... So they never dipped into the reserve at any point? They'd not had a bad winter to have to dip into the reserve. Okay. So so they they didn't need to do it. And with, obviously, when they're doing the audit... They could have got away with this for a lot longer because when they're doing the audit, they don't open the barrels. They just count the barrels yeah. as are in front of them. So they if just as, go, that feels heavy, that must be exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was only up until the inspector fell on his bum that they all went, "Hang on, something's going wrong here," and then they looked a bit further into it. Now, one of an FPAC inspector saw one of the trucks in Quebec, but the barrels didn't have any of the FPAC signs on it they weren't branded fpac so they got a little bit suspicious and they started that audit a little bit earlier than the gang expected now when michelle fell on his bum it was just a tip of the iceberg because the fpac thought they were dealing with just the empty barrels that had been taken obviously because they were like oh all these are full but when they started looking a little bit further they found that some of the barrels were rusted now, maple syrup doesn't sweat, so it can be stored in any temperature and it wouldn't have an effect. But water starts to sweat yes. if it gets warm, therefore the condensation causes rust. So the FPAC actually found out that over 9,500 barrels had been stolen from this warehouse. Do we know how many were actually in the reserve, like in total, how many barrels? Can you imagine if it had just been like 9,001 or something and they just went (laughs) cracked it open and they were like, oh, God. (laughs) Just one barrel left at the end. They're like, fuck it, we've been out of here. (laughs) Well, the price of maple syrup's going up. (laughs) Now, unfortunately, Valier's was high up on the list of subs suspects because of his previous fines by the FPAC for nefarious dealings. He'd been fined up to a million Canadian dollars at this point just for selling excess. Like, he'd filled the quota that the FPAC wanted and because he had extra, he wanted to sell it yet the FPAC wanted to punish him for selling Mm -hmm. extra and trying to make a living outside of this cartel. How dare he try and make any money that he doesn't give extra to them? Exactly. And he was also also high on the list was Caron, because obviously he owned the building. And But the investigation focused on the weakest link in the chain, which was Justrez, who was the driver. Now, Valiez had been through FPAC questioning many times and Caron was allegedly linked with to the Montreal Mafia. Again, I don't think that's right, but 
So the FPAC concentrated on Dutrez as he only delivered the cargo, he didn't ask any questions, and as soon as they started investigating, he gave evidence against the other three people that were involved in the heist. <laughs> now, even though he did that, and he was just driving a truck, he received eight months in prison. Saint-Pierre, who was the distributor, even though he had a license to distribute syrup in New Brunswick, and internationally, he was not a member of FPAC. He received two years in jail and he was fined 850,000 Canadian dollars. Oof. Yeah. Caron was sentenced to five years in prison and fined $1.2 million. Wow. Valier, who was accused of being the ringleader of the operation, was sentenced in 2017 to eight years in prison. He was <laughs> fined 9.4 million Canadian dollars. If he was unable to pay the fine, he would have to serve another six years, bringing his sentence up to 14 years in prison. For Can you imagine syrup. him being in prison? Like... All the like the drug dealers, and the murderers, and the serial killers Hell's are all angels, like, like playing cards yeah. at the table, and they're like, "So what are you in for?" Um, maple, maple syrup heist. <coughs> what? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Sounded a bit like you said a a maple maple syrup heist. <laughs> what did you get 14 years yeah. no you're joking right he's a he's a killer he's a hard stone, stone cold killer he's a funny man he's Gotta a be. funny man Gotta be. and he's just like no i uh yeah it was, it was it was a lot of maple syrup it was a lot <laughs> loads of it uh, <laughs> so there's... boys we found the new prison bitch <laughs> yeah you're gonna wear this wig today uh <laughs> So it is actually. And you're going to talk about your sugar bush. <laughs> you're going to show us your sugar bush tonight, <laughs> sir. Uh, so there is a Netflix program about this called Money Heist, or it's a series in the Money Heist thing. And there's an actual maple syrup lawyer. Now that's what he specializes in. And and literally, he says when people ask me what I do, I tell them, and they go, "What?" <laughs> and it's like, "Yeah, what?" I really want to say that guy needs to get a job, but clearly he found a niche in the market. Exactly, exactly, and he's he must have retainers all over the place. Uh, like, what happens if like, what happens if the maple syrup trees all get a disease and they all die, and there is no more maple syrup, and that fuckload in reserve? been nicked nicked and sold years ago because no one was checking it and this guy what, what what's he gonna do in court well, well there's no more maple syrup i guess i could just argue about human rights and how there needs to be maple syrup <laughs> yeah exactly i mean he's it's it's as long as the f-pack's going i'm sure he's got a job but uh if they fall then maybe he does uh this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard yeah I mean... But I've heard some ridiculous things on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's another couple of ridiculous things coming up as well. Uh, 
in another case of the FPAC being a government-sponsored cartel, the fine that Valère's got, the $9.4 million fine, was actually ruled excessive. Really? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. By the Quebec Court of Appeal, and it was reduced to $1 million Canadian dollars. In 2022, it was reinstated by the Canadian Supreme Court to the original amount. Canada, you just have a word with yourselves. Yeah. So a lot of these things, a lot of these things, and if you if you watch the the Netflix thing, there's uh, there's another guy in it who's uh, who's like a lawyer, like he's 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 a defense lawyer. So he says at one point, I. Defended my client. I don't know if it was uh, Grenier, but he, he had a client and he, he defended him. And the the Quebec Supreme Court like backed him up, and they they kind of threw it out of court. Yet a few years later, the government actually brought in a law that superseded the appeal, so it didn't make any difference what he did. So basically, the government is on the side of the cartel. Now, obviously... Of course they are. $1,200 for a barrel, of course the government are getting taxes off that and stuff, so they're, they're not going to try and rock the boat with it. But this is how ingrained it is with it. Now, interestingly enough, Valiers was imprisoned at the Arshabant Institution, which was the same place as uh, Luca Magnata, who famously killed that cat. And that guy. Oh, yeah, you know. well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> everyone, yeah that... every, everyone went on like it was Garfield <laughs> everyone, that he murdered. Everyone but... remembers the cat, but there was also a, a man who he tortured, dismembered and ate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not forget, let's not forget them. I mean, to be fair, actually, let yeah. It is a heinous crime, killing a cat. Yeah. But. I mean, so so let's put that on the same level. Smuggling fucking maple syrup, eating someone's face off. They're the same yeah. about, aren't they, Canada? Yeah. This is like... And I, f- I feel like... I feel like at this point that, that Luca Magnotta was only put in prison because of the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well... You know? We, without... like they were like... He ki- he killed a dude as well. Yeah, but he killed a cat. But in fairness, okay. without the cat, he would have never got caught, would he? This is very true. Because then nerds wouldn't have had anything to do. They that don't very care true. about the guy that he killed. Right? They were more bothered about the cat. Uh, yeah. But anyway. But uh, also, the people are more bothered about maple syrup smuggling. Yeah. So. By the way, I'm a cat fan. Just to uh, don't come after me. Uh... You're not a cat fan. What are you on about? I'd prefer cats over dogs. You don't have any cats. But I mean, okay. I mean, it's not saying much, but I prefer cats <laughs> over dogs. That's all I'm saying on it. Uh, okay. Yeah. So with with this, there is something. There's something missing from it, and because Quebec is French speaking, and it is just all French speaking, there's there's a lot of things that I think have been missed in this like the common sense logic reality yes third world problems yeah yeah indeed indeed without a shadow of a doubt but i think there's there's just something 
I can't believe. I don't want. Oh, okay, I'll rephrase. I don't want to believe that this is their worst problem that they've got going on in Quebec to find someone nearly $10 million and take away nine, well, f- 15 years of his life for finding a Stealing gap in the system. Trip. Yeah, he literally found a loophole in the system. They, they like, all right, victim blaming. There was a theft, it went on. Yeah, fair enough. But then, the FPAC not thieving from the syrup farmers by oh yeah taking everything but then their government backed i i don't i'd love to understand this a lot more and just to go it is absolutely it is absolutely mental as it is of course it is but because i think because it's quebec is i mean i don't know the place but because it's one of the only french speaking places in canada like everywhere else speaks English there, but like I was, I was reading something about a, a a biker that came from there, and he went to join another chapter in another state, and he only spoke French because he was from Quebec, whereas the other guys didn't speak French; they only spoke English, so they couldn't integrate. But they got along because they loved doing meth and killing people. So, so maybe, but I think Quebec is just uniquely unique mental yeah in its own little way (laughs) to be able to go this is the major problem we have here maple syrup i get that it's like 70 nearly 80 percent of the world's population but the world's production of maple syrup comes from here i get that the government want to take as many taxes as they can from that but they're allowing an unsanctioned load of people running around putting armed guards in places when Canada gun laws are one of the strictest in the world it's not even police they're putting in there they're putting in their own security people it's to just... protect maple syrup to protect maple syrup this is just got wars going on in the world people exactly this 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 is one of them things that it just the more you look into it, the more you're like, this cannot, this has got to be a meme. This this cannot be true. But it really is. And then you watch the programme and the guy that's the head of the FPAC, he's like, I've fought so hard for so many years. It's like, what have you Why? done? Yeah, <laughs> what have you done? And he looks like Nick Griffin, by the way. So, I mean, to tell you that, yeah. Uh but it's just it's just really weird. And, and and then at one point he's like because there was a little rebellion, uh some of the farmers like an inspector turns up and some of the farmers were saying, No, you're not getting in, you're not allowed to inspect and he's like, Oh no I am and then another twenty appeared, another twenty farmers appeared and he went, Oh, I might get me coat, I'll uh, I'll see you later <laughs> kind of thing. And then the guy's saying, I don't understand what we've done to deserve this. It's like you don't understand how extorting people and making people bow down to you, they're going to rebel from that. And you know what's mental? With how unhealthy the world is and the rate of diabetes is just shot through the ceiling, people are going to be advised against eating maple syrup. And then what are they are going to do? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, 
seriously, right? This is this is the amount of people that are gonna watch this. I know it's not many, but just give a thumbs up if you actually eat maple syrup. That's not gonna work for us. Give a thumbs up if you no, don't eat maple don't syrup. Eat maple there you syrup. go. There you go. Yeah. If you don't eat maple syrup, because well, you can take or leave maple syrup. Literally, the only thing I have ever ever used it for is I make strawberry yogurt. So I buy Greek yogurt, I buy strawberries, and I blend them. I put maple syrup in it to give it a little bit of like a little bit of sweetness. Are you twenty from now on? Only time. Well, I'm going to now because <laughs> Quebec, you've pissed me right off. And honey is not five pounds a bottle. <laughs> exactly. Well, got like bees. Uh, honey is su- yeah, but honey yeah, is supposed to be good for you though because if you buy your local honey, um, it's supposed to like boost your immune system and protect you against uh, what do you call it? Um, what do you get it? Uh, like allergies, like hay fever. Yeah, but you've got to use it like your local. Your local honey. From your local plants. Boosts you. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, that that, that kind of makes sense, though, actually. Because yeah. mm-hmm. then the, the, the bees would be getting it from your local area, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah. Really. And you're doing your bit to help your local farm. Exactly. So, if anything, this is an advertisement for big honey. Uh, yes. <laughs> rather than... <laughs> Which is not a porn site. <laughs> big maple syrup. And... Uh, <laughs> Go out and Big check. Honey and Sugarbush yeah, is our new porn names. Sugarbush.com. Uh, and <laughs> you use our discount code. Uh, <laughs> Big anyway. Honey and Sugarbush. Yeah, God in heaven. You're watching the MO podcast of Big Honey and Sugarbush. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have a rebrand. I feel, I feel, I feel like they would be like, Singers in 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 the vein of Nicki Minaj and uh, I was gonna say I felt like Motown, like they were Motown singers, Big yeah. Honey and Sugarbush. Yeah, that'd be like the Aretha uh, days kind of thing. Yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But we'd make more money if we if we went down the those are our porn names route. Yeah. So uh, so next time I'll make an interesting we... thumbnail. Yeah, we'll be doing a rebrand. Uh, <laughs> Welcome all into the MO podcast with Sugarbush. <laughs> and me, Big Honey. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Anyway. Right. Hey, why do you get to be Sugarbush? I have a Sugarbush. And on that bombshell, <laughs> this has been the MO podcast with me, Contumacious Ad. And me, Sugarbush. There's not a comeback I can do for that, so we're going to end it. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast.